God is good. It is fantastic to be with you. I want to encourage you, if, uh, if you can, Wednesday night this week will be a great service. This particular Wednesday night, is uh, our, we've done it every year on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We have a little Victory Family Thanksgiving celebration, basically. Everybody comes and really we, uh, we, we just have an opportunity to praise God, to worship Him for who He is, you know, have a word about Thanksgiving. But then we begin to share some of the testimonies and some of the things that God has done, not just in the church this year, but in the lives of the people who make up this church. That, you know, God's done something in your life, you're excited about it, you got a great testimony or maybe something God's done. We just give you an opportunity to, to share and we pray and, and, and lift each other up. And you may be saying like, yeah, I don't talk in front of people. That's all right, just come. And just listen to what God's doing. There haven't, haven't been too many years that I haven't left here, you know, really having shed a tear just, just in hearing the goodness of God. How, how somebody was standing for something and God came through and how their life was changed through this year because God did something miraculous in their life. And you get to rejoice and you get to stand with and pray. And it says in the word of God that you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And it's a great night. I want to encourage you to come. If you haven't been here before, uh, you'll be blessed. I wanted to share just a little bit today. I, I really, as this week moves into Thanksgiving, this is one of my favorite weeks. You know, starting next Sunday and, and rolling through the 18th, at least, we're going to share a little bit about the joy that's in the world, joy to the world, and talk about love, light, and life. The fact that God loved, so loved the world that he sent his only son who was the light. And because that light came into this earth, we get to have life. Thanksgiving, though, is really, truly, I love Christmas. My birthday's right there by Christmas, so that's nice, too. You know, that's a bonus. December gets to be a big month for me. The other 11 are a little tough to get through. But, you know, the Christmas is a good one there in December. But I really love Thanksgiving because I get to focus on really truly how thankful I am for all that God has done and how blessed. Can you say I'm blessed? See, and, and people begin to focus on that. Whether you have a lot, you have an abundance, or you have very little, when it comes time for Thanksgiving, people realize what's really truly important because people understand, for the most part, that we're blessed. We live in a blessed country. You know, it's not because we live in this country that we're blessed, but we are, we are blessed to be here, to be in the United States of America. God's blessing would follow us wherever we would go. And I'm not telling you to move off to any, any place, but God's blessing follows us. And in this country, we are blessed. And people will begin to say that this week. The key, though, really, truly, is God's been sharing with me and teaching me over the years, for sure. You need to feel that blessed. You need to be that thankful all year. It's not just one time in the year because we get to Thanksgiving and we say that we're blessed and we're very thankful for this and we're thankful for our family, we're thankful for our health, we're thankful that God leads us and guides us or whatever that might be. And then when Christmas comes and we're out of money, then we start to panic and then we're not so blessed anymore. And we're not so thankful for those kids because those, those brats, see, now they want everything. And so then, you know, I mean, it's, it's all the people that you have to buy for, and Aunt Sherry or Aunt Charlie or Uncle Charlie or whoever that is, you just, you just want to punch them because, you know, you've got to go buy them a scarf, and here you go, here's your scarf, Merry Christmas. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, all the, all the thankfulness in your heart has kind of gone out, out the window. Really, truly, we, we need to be thankful to, and, and understand that we are blessed all year long. We are blessed every day. And we're blessed because we're part of the kingdom of God. And it is part of his plan. See, his plan was to bring salvation into our life. That's true. But his plan was really to bless us. And I know you probably, you might be in situations today and you say, man, I look around my house, it doesn't seem blessed. But you are blessed. I mean, I look around my situation sometimes and I don't see everything that lines up with the way I thought it was going to be. 
You know, we talked last week about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit and those dreams and visions and those prophecies, those words of, you know, that, that powerful, positive words of encouragement about our life and about our future. Those things, you know, when, when, you, when you leave here and you've had a great week and then all of a sudden something happens, you have an opportunity. Am I going to be blessed? Am I going to speak those blessings? Am I going to continue? Am I going to continue to stand and, and repeat and recite and speak out of my mouth those powerful words? Or am I going to look around me and say, well, all that stuff's a bunch of hooey because it isn't going on right now. So we have to make that determining factor. You do just as I do. And the idea is that, that really, truly, we are blessed. John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. He did not come to leave us on this earth to suffer, to just make it. You say, well, I talk about this scripture all the time. I do because this scripture is very important to me. It, 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 isn't, it isn't the scripture that I base my life on, but I will tell you this. I want my life to be abundant. I, I, I get up each morning and I begin to speak that. I begin to believe that. I try to live that in my life. I try to allow God's abundance to flow through me. I want to live in it. I, I don't want to have a day where I'm down. I don't want to have a day where I'm sad. I don't want to have a day where I see lack. I don't want to have a day where I feel sick. I don't want to have a day where... Now, those days come and those opportunities come, but I rebuke them and I go forward, just like the song says that we sang at the end of worship. I go forward in him. And going forward in him means going forward blessed. It's a mentality that we have to have. It's, 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 it starts in your mind. You have to understand it. You live in what you have a revelation of as far as the word is concerned. So you live in, you operate in, you are surrounded by, your atmosphere is what you have a revelation of. And too many times in the body of Christ, we hear a word spoken by Jesse Duplantis or Ken Copeland or, you know, Joyce Meyer, whoever it might be. We hear these words, but then we never have a real revelation of what that word means to us or what that word means from the word. We, we begin to say stuff that we don't even understand. And I, I, I'm, I, I believe that you need to begin to speak things out of your mouth, whether you understand them or not. But you have to get to the point where you understand them, because in that revelation is where the blessing comes. In the revelation of that truth in the word. There are a lot of people who know a lot of word. There are a lot of people who can quote a word, but you know them and you've seen them and they don't have any power operating in their life. They don't have any of God's blessing operating in their life. They're living their life contrary to the things that they know. It's very simple to know the word yet live contrary. We can all do that. We probably do somewhere in our life know the truth and have lived a little differently day to day. But how many of you know it's tough to be blessed in those kind of situations? Until you get a revelation of that truth that's in that word. And that revelation comes through in the things that you're thinking, the things that you're saying, and the things that you're doing. It becomes a part of who you are. That you can't be talked out of it. It's a, you know, salvation we have a revelation of. We know that on the inside of us, that if Jesus Christ has saved us, if we've said, look, you are the Lord, you, you are the Son of God, you died on the cross for me, I, I want you to rule my life, have every part of my being, I give myself to you, I ask you today to forgive me of my sins, I invite you into my life to operate and to have your way. As you do that, you become one with him. It says in the word of God, then, then you're saved, which means that you have eternal life with him that he has taken you and recreated you from the inside. He'll begin to recreate you from the inside out, that you're a new creature in Christ. I probably can't talk you out of that. You have a revelation of that. You know that's true. Then from that moment forward, we need to continue to gain revelation about the truths that are in the word of God because you just can't live the rest of your life knowing that you're saved and that's it. 
Otherwise, your existence on this earth is going to be like a roller coaster. Some days it's going to be fun, and some days you're going to want to throw up. See, it depends on what you ate before you got on the roller coaster. Some days, you know, you're cleaning it up at the end of the ride. Other days, it was the greatest thing that you were ever on. And and really, truly, we have ups and downs in our life. But as believers, I am going up, and I am going up, and I am going up. The roller coaster may have gone down, but I am going up. I am going forward, not backwards. My past doesn't rule my life. Your past doesn't rule your life. Because you did something wrong last week, that doesn't mean you're not blessed. The word blessed really truly, if you look it up, just says enjoying great happiness. It means that we're blissful, prosperous, and listen to this, divinely or supremely favored. You are divinely and supremely favored. That's who you are. You are blessed. God loves you. He cares about you, and he gave you an abundance. He poured out Jesus into this earth, his everything, so that we could, like it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, so that we could live in abundance, so that we could have more than enough, so that we could have extra so that we could have overflowing amount in everything that he's called us to. And many times we turn that around and make that a money situation. That's not necessarily just a money situation. That's everything in my life. That means I have more wisdom than I need. I have more knowledge of subjects than I need. I have more revelation available to me every day. That I have more strength in my body than I need. That he is pouring those things into me and through me that I am truly living an abundant life, and I am blessed. Say that again. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now you're gonna, by the end, we're going to say that like, boy, I'm telling you what, I am blessed, and you ain't going to take that away from me. I'm blessed. I don't care what it looks like. I am blessed. I don't care what you say. When somebody asks you tomorrow, how you doing, out of your mouth is going to come, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am abundantly blessed. It actually says, if you go back and you read in Philippians 4.19, it says, I, it says, I know that Jesus... I know that God, I know that the Lord will pour out to me. See, it says, he will give me and meet all of my needs according to his riches. God will meet all of my needs, every single one of them. That means there is no lack in my life. Well, I need something. Yeah, but then that means God's the the need meter. He'll meet it. In our life, get a revelation of this. You're blessed. Get a revelation of this, that he has everything that you have need of, and he is willing to pour it out in your life. It's a step, it's a process. I do know this, that, that I, I, I have more now in my life than I've ever had. But I also know this, I've had to work harder in my life right now than I've ever had to work. I've had to pray more than I've ever had to pray. I've had to read the word more than I've ever had to read the word. I've had to believe and stand in faith more than I've ever had to believe and stand in faith. I've had to give more than I've ever had to give before in my life. Of my time, of my efforts, of our finances, of our stuff, I, I have just all of a sudden over a period of years, it's just come to pass that we, we have more than enough for everything that we have need of. Yet, we've never been busier, never been... <laughs> given more, never been working harder, never been trying harder. See, it's not an idea like the world. The world says the more you can amass, the less you need to do. In God, I believe this, the more he pours out in your life, the more you continue to do. Because he isn't looking for us to be blessed and to be rich so that we can amass for ourselves. He's looking for us to be blessed and to be rich in our lives so that we can bless others. There's a second piece and a second part to that. It's this idea that says, I'm blessed to be a blessing to others. In Proverbs 10, it says, the blessing of God makes you rich. And people say, well, here it is, it's about money. Well, okay, make it about money. I want that. Do you in your life want to be in this situation? Well, yes, we all want to provide good things for our children. We want to provide good for our family and for our household, for our lively. I mean, yes, we want to. 
But then we begin to look outside of our house as well. If you will not be a pooler of God's goods, if you'll not be someone who brings in and holds in the things that God is blessing you with, that's one of the ways to dry up God's blessing is to continue to hold on to. It begins to pinch that shoot that really truly God begins to flow through into your life. If you begin to try to hold on to those things, many times when you don't have much and you come to Christ, it's very easy to give away everything you have because you don't have a lot and all you want is just a little bit to get by and you're used to that. But when you begin to amass things and you begin to get stuff, then you begin to not want to lose it. We need to live our life not to lose something. See, people, too many people live their life trying not to lose what they have. I know a guy, and I've I'd known him for years and years and years and years, and he's passed away, and he was very wealthy, very rich, but he never enjoyed a day of it because he was so afraid he was going to lose it. That his whole existence was about keeping it and about holding on to it. It soured relationships in his life. It soured him. It, it soured everything. All he was, he was continually, every day, he, he was afraid that he was going to lose the things or somebody was going to take what he had, and so he spent the rest of his life trying to hold on to those things. Now, he died with many things, but he didn't get to go with any of them. And the joy and the peace that he was supposed to live in this earth never visited him. Relationships were soured and everything else because he didn't have a heart that said, I am open. I am pouring and flowing through that I'm not worried. If God brought it to you, believe me, he could do it again. See, many people say, well, God gave me this. Well, then if he asks you to give it away, do it, because then that's just seed, and you're living in your giving, and then he's going to pour something else into your life. No matter what that is, God wants to bless you, and he wants to take care of you. We have to live in this place that says, I am blessed. Say that, I am blessed. Man, that, that is like, I'm blessed, man. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. Everything my hand touches prospers. I am blessed. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. That's the truth. That's the truth. In John, in chapter 8, it says we need to understand and know the truth. It says in verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And if you know the truth, then the truth shall make you free. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Too many people have a past. Too many people have problems and issues and things that, that they've gone through, and they use those things as excuses as to why they can't be blessed. But God doesn't say that he looks at your past that way. He looks at your past and he separates it from your future. See, it says he makes you a new creature in Christ. It says old things are actually passed away. And behold, all things have been made new. When you get baptized in water and you go down and you come up, it's that signifying of the washing away of the old you and you coming up as a new, as a new person, as a new being, as a new creature in Christ. You're not that person anymore. In the world, they hold your past against you. In the, in the, in the spiritual realm, God uses your past to propel you if you'll allow him. It says in Romans 8, 28, he'll turn all things around for good. It says in Joel that he is a restorer of the things that the, all those cankerworms and all those people have eaten and taken. You do have a past and you have been through some things, but that does not disqualify you from the blessing of God today. We have to change our mind and change our thinking. The truth is, really, if I know the truth, the truth of the word, the revelation of what this Bible says about me, then I will be made free. That idea that says the truth starts as a seed and it grows up as a stalk, but eventually it brings forth fruit. There's a process in that revelation in your life. This knowing isn't a one-time thing that says, well, pastor said this is true. Now, most of the time when pastor says it is true, so, you know, do believe that part, but you have to know it's true for you. 
Like that day when my mom sat me in that office and said, you got to live on your own faith. You were there. See, she didn't go back and say, you need to live on your own faith. Go get some of your own stories. She said, you live on, you got to live on your own faith. You can't stand on my faith anymore, but you were there with me. You were there when God came through. You saw what God did. You know that he is faithful. You know that he will bless you, that he will take care of you and that he will provide for you. So you need to pick it up for yourself. You need to get that revelation yourself and then go forward in that thing. You can't live on somebody else's blessing and you can't live on somebody else's faith. We have to live on our own. We have to get a revelation, revelation of the truth of the word of God. In Genesis 1, chapter 28, this blessing thing is God's idea. See, he just created, this is his thing from the beginning. He created the earth and he created all the things and he created man and he said he was so excited. Then it says in, verse, in, verse, in Genesis, Caitlin, chapter 1, verse 28, it says he wanted to bless them. It said he poured it out into their life. He didn't just create them and say, hey, you know what? You're lucky. Kind of figure it out. Kind of get there. I hope you make it. He said, you know what? We created you for a purpose. We created you in our image. We've given you all the tools for you to go out there and be everything that we've created you to be. And then he goes on and he says, now he blesses them. And he says, go forward, be fruitful, and multiply. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He gave, that's where he gives them dominion over everything that's going on. He unleashes it and he gives it to them. He blessed them. And that didn't stop in that moment when they made a mistake. It says when they sinned, it says he took care of them as he put them out of the garden. He said he made clothes for them. And then from there was Abraham and he took Abraham. And if you look in chapter 12, the one through four, in Genesis, God began to speak to Abraham. He began to tell him, hey, you're going to go out. You're going to do some stuff. I want you to go. I want you to take your family. I want you to get out from here, and I want you to go forward. He says, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you, it says, a great nation, and I will what? Bless you. I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. That you're blessed to be a blessing. That Abraham, I, you know, I suppose he could have said, all right, man, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be the greatest people on the face of the earth. But God said to him, and not only are you going to be blessed, but you're going to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth, it says, shall be blessed. All the families in the earth shall be blessed. Now, we're in that lineage you are, you are part of that because, because Jesus came. Because Jesus came into the earth. Because he died on the cross. Caitlin, can you put up Galatians 3, I think it's 29. See, because Jesus came and died on the cross, we are part of that. It says, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. The promise of God to Abraham in Genesis there in chapter 12 was, I'm going to bless you. And in you, all of the nations, all of the seed, all of those who come after you will be blessed. And now we are part of that and have an opportunity to be blessed because Jesus died on the cross and made a way for us into that. Otherwise, we don't have that way. We don't just get to say and claim we're blessed just because. People in the streets can say, you know what, I'm blessed. Well, sure, you may have a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean you're blessed with the heavenly blessings that God has for you. That only comes when you're saved, when you understand who Jesus Christ is and you're alive unto him. Because in that covenant relationship, that opens up this relationship that says we have what Abraham was given, that we have that opportunity to be blessed. 
It says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. See, it says all of these blessings will overcome you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed you shall be in the city, and blessed you shall be in the country. Blessed you shall be by the fruit of your body, and the produce of the ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. And I know many times we look at this and say, I ain't got no animals. Blessed you shall be in your basket, in your kneading bowl. Blessed you shall be when you come in, and blessed you shall be when you go out. This, this, is, this is basically, as he goes through here, and he reads all these things, and writes all these things down. It says that you're just flat out blessed in everything that you do. We're not necessarily cattle herders as much as we used to be back in the day. You don't have to go out and move out west to be a cattle herder to have this scripture be real about you. I know you're probably not at home in a kneading bowl making bread. We got machines that do that now. We have advanced. But the blessing of God still comes to you and your house. And really, it's about what your hand touches, what you do, and who you are. And in these scriptures, we read these, and it says, we are blessed. It says in verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and that you, and they shall be afraid of you and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your grand, in the ground and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open up to you his good treasures. It says he will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. It says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above and not beneath. Those things are about you. Say, that's about me. So you claim that for you, your life, your household, your future, the direction you're going. Do you see yourself as the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, truly standing under the funnel of God's goodness being poured out, his blessing into your life? Do you see that as you? Because we have to. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23, 7. In Malachi 3, I know it's talking about the tithe. In Malachi in chapter 3, it talks about the tithe, and it says, bring your tithes into the storehouse. But he goes on, and he actually says, and don't, and he says, try me now in this, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a what? A blessing, a blessing that's so big and so great that you and your household cannot contain it. See, he's going to, he wants to pour, God wants to pour out a blessing into your life. He gave it to Adam and Eve, he blessed them. He gave it to Abraham, and then he made sure that 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 blessing that he spoke into Abraham and his life was going to continue into us in our life by sending Jesus Christ and making a way for us to be part of that covenant that he had with Abraham, the, the covenant of blessing. He put us in that place so that we could receive Jesus so that now we are truly his seed so that we can be blessed. He's given us a way to, to, to sow our seed, our finances into the kingdom of God so that we can be blessed because he wants to bless us. It says, bring the tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain in your life. Not so much money that you won't know what to do with it, but so much money that it will never run out for you that every day you wake up and you go forward in faith, you have what it takes to get through for that day. We see that abundance that, that can't be shut up in a house. We see it as like this huge pile of money that's going to blow my doors and windows off. 
That'd be nice too, I guess. I don't, want to, I don't want to negate that if that's the case. But here's what it is. It's a constant flow of God's goods and provision into your life. It's a constant flow of his finances into your life, both to you and through you, to you to meet the needs that you have in your life, but through you to meet the needs in the lives of the people around you. You are blessed to be a blessing. See, and it actually says in verse 12, it kind of picks up on some of this stuff that was in Genesis. It says, all nations will call you blessed. That's who we are in this church. I really truly believe it. This church, is, this church has a heart to give, to give into the community, to sow into hurting people, to, to sow into to countries around the world, whether it be Sudan or Southeast Asia and, and all the things as Caleb and Sarah come and talk about like Christmas in Cambodia and the things that they're going to do this next month. You know, we poured out tons of cash to them in August. Just you guys just gave and gave and gave into their ministry so that they could go do what God was calling them to do. We just sent that container and all that stuff to South Sudan, raised all that money in putt-putt just to be able to plant it in somebody else's life. We've never had an opportunity or a place in this church where we needed a dollar and we didn't have it. The people who are part of this church, God blesses you in such a way that you have a heart to give and to bless. And I'm telling you, he's just going to take it to the next level. He's going to bless you. I believe I had this word at the end of the first service. I believe he's going to bless us in a new way in this new season, that he's going to pour it out in your life in a new way. He's going to rain abundance into your heart that you have dreamed of, that you have had visions of, that you have been prophesying of. As you stay under the influence, like we talked about last week, you hear those dreams you, or see those dreams and visions, and you, have those, you say those prophecies have prophecy spoken over you, but you're speaking out of your mouth the positive, powerful words about your future and about your situation, that financially you're going to begin to see those things happen in your life, that God's going to begin to do new things. But as he does new things in your life financially, he's just going to require new things of you. Pastor Bill has shared it and taught it for years. What he can get through you, he will get to you. Don't be a holder on of what God has given you. Be a releaser of seed be a planter, be a giver in your life of everything that you have, that's being blessed. Some of, the most peop- some of the most blessed people that I know are the biggest givers in their life, whether it's time, efforts, cash, whatever, stuff. You just can't outgive God. In reading that book, Jerry Seville's book, Footsteps of a Prophet, I remember one time that there was a, Kenneth Copeland was in need of a plane, And he had a plane, but it wasn't the greatest plane, but he needed a bigger and he needed a better plane. And Jerry Seville was kind of with him and just helping him and being a part of his ministry. And he he said, Brother Jerry, come on, I really feel we gotta pray. I really feel like God's telling us to give our airplane away. He said, we need an airplane and I just believe that God's telling us to give this one away and that if we'll give this one away and sow it into somebody else, he'll bring that into our life. And he said, holy cow, how are we gonna get to the next city if you're giving away the airplane? And he said, oh, I'm not giving it away today. Don't worry, I gotta go home and I gotta get it fixed up. I gotta change all the inside. I gotta get it redone. I gotta get the engines all put back in place. I gotta get this thing running right. I'm not giving away junk. I'm giving away something good because I don't want some junk. I want something good. And so he said he, 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 he prayed and they agreed and, and, and Kenneth Copeland fixed it up and spent all that money, did his thing and sewed it into somebody else's ministry and he said he just believed God for that because God was going to bless him as he continued to pour out into people's lives. God would continue to pour into his. There were, there were testimony after testimony after testimony. And then he said he was sitting in his hotel room one night or his house, I can't remember what it was and he got a, he got a call from Copeland and he said, hey, hey, brother Jerry, meet me at the airport. Come on, man, you gotta get out here right now. And he said it was in the middle of the night but he said I got up and I drove to the airport and I, I, I stood on the tarmac and I I met him there and I said, what are we doing out here, Brother Jerry? And he goes, hey, hey, look, man, see those lights up there? And boom, here came this big old plane, this big old jet thing that they were just believing for. 
And he goes, this, this, God just gave this to us. This is part of the ministry now. This is ours. God gave it to us. Guy gets that like whatever you do with an airplane. I don't know, give him the keys, whatever, kick the tires. But that was his now. You can't outgive God. Whether that's your time, your efforts, your finances, you give God your life and he will pour back into you the life more abundantly that he talks about in John 10.10. 10. But it's in that you pouring out your life. It's in that you giving of yourself. It's in that you. It says in Ephesians 1.3, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings are ours. They're ours to, to put for practice in our life. They're ours to live with. They're ours to have. We begin to put a demand on them. I expect in my life to be blessed. Do you expect in your life to be blessed? You are children of God, children of the Most High. Don't let what you're going through beat out the blessing of God in you. Don't let the devil bring you down. Stay up. The only quitter is the one who doesn't get back up. In Micah it says, though I fall, I shall arise. Get back up and be blessed. The world tells us, well, you've made too many mistakes. You've done too much wrong. You've done all these things. You're just going to be like this forever. That's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy that says, because you were, you have to be. I believe that God makes a difference, that he can change things, that he can turn it around, that he can restore to us, that we really, truly could be the biggest wretches in the world, yet now be the biggest blessed folks on the planet. I believe that's possible because of him, not because of us but because of him. He is the one who causes us to prosper. He is the one who causes us to walk in health. He is the one who provides us wisdom that's beyond our, beyond our age. He's the one that gives us knowledge beyond our experience. He's the one who pours out into us the things that we need in this life. He is the blesser. We are the blessee to be a blessing. That's the order and that's the way that it works. God's the blesser. We're the blessee so that we can be a blessing in this world. That's the way it works. That's the way it goes. But we have to get a mindset that says, I'm blessed. We have to have the mindset. We have to have the, there's a whole obedient part to this that really truly is part of the revelation of the word of God. You can say you understand it, but if you don't live it, you don't truly have a revelation of it because you only live in what you have a true revelation of, like I said earlier. But that's important. We have to have a revelation of what this word says. And part of that believing says, if you look up that word and begin to study the word believe, it means that it produces in you obedience. That you believe to a point, you understand to a point, that there's faith in your life to a point that says, I am going past words, I'm going past mentality, and I am stepping into obedience. That's true belief in the word of God. That's true belief in the power of the spirit. That's true belief by faith. It says faith without works is dead. You don't have to have works to be saved, but if you're saved, there should be works. So you don't have to have works to be blessed, but if you're blessed, there should be works. You are blessed. Now, if you want to have the things that the Word of God says you have to have, you have to do what the Word of God says that you had to do. And he said, well, that's a little bit of a contradiction. You said I didn't have to have works to be blessed. You are blessed. But whether or not you're going to bring those blessings to earth depends on whether or not you're going to be obedient to his Word. You are blessed. It says in, in, in Psalms chapter 3 that he blesses the children of God, that you are blessed because you're a child of God. Now, whether or not that window opens in your life financially depends on whether or not you're tithing. I still believe, and you can claim that you're blessed all day long, but you won't see it in this earth until you get in line with what it says. In Psalms, and we'll end here and then we'll pray. Billy Joe wrote a book one time, and it was a good book. Heaven is on its feet. Uh, it kind of comes out of that stuff in, uh, in Hebrews. 
out of, out of 11 and into 12, uh, you know, where it talks about all the fathers of faith who were basically cheering us on. It talks about all the good things that they did. And then Hebrews chapter one says, we're surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses. And I, I read that book one time. I actually read it a couple of times. I really liked it. It was really good. It spoke to me in my life in, in, in some things. And, and I really appreciated it. But he said in that book, miracles rarely happen unless you move into action. I was wanting things to happen in my life, but I wasn't really excited about moving into action. So that's what I remember out of that book. Miracles rarely happen unless you move into action. See, I think many times we'll say, God, I'm going to be blessed, but you've got to do something before I can step out. And God always says, you step out and I'll do something. That you are blessed beyond a shadow of a doubt. That that is your mentality. That you have a revelation of that. That in your life, no matter what you see with your eyes, no matter what you feel in your flesh or in your body, you are blessed. Thanksgiving is a time where people understand that. They begin to say that. Now I'm telling you, once you leave Thanksgiving, continue to say that. When you sit down at that table and you go around your table, however you do it or whatever you do, if you do anything at all, and you talk about how blessed you are, you talk about what you're thankful for, the next week, be thankful for that again. See, the next month, the next year, at tax time, be just as thankful as you are on Thanksgiving Day. When you face a situation, a trial, when your kid does something that you don't agree with, when something happens that you didn't see coming, when something comes down, be just as thankful, be just as blessed. Continue to fight. That's the, you don't just say, oh, I'm thankful, that's it. No, continue to fight, continue to stand, continue to push, continue to war against principalities and powers, yes. But in your heart, you know that God has everything that you have need of, that if this situation has presented itself in, into your life, that he has more strength for you to get through that day, that he has more wisdom for you to get through that situation, that he has more finances for you to get past that bill and that thing that you're facing. He has everything that you need. It says he meets all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus, but we have to truly believe. We have to stand in this, in this place. And we have to have a real true revelation that says, I know that it's true. And I am drawing on the blessing. I am a child of God. I am blessed by God. I am drawing now on the blessing, on the power of God to work and to operate in my life in this place. I refuse to be sad. I refuse to be upset. I refuse to be angry. I refuse to walk in sin. I refuse to turn my back. I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I don't care. You may, and here's where you've been believing for something and somebody else gets it. Thank God they were blessed. Amen. Brother, I'm glad for you. I'm standing in agreement. I'm jumping up and down for you. God is good. Goes back to the heart issues we talked about a few months ago. It says in Psalms chapter one, I love this. Because we all face things where it doesn't look like what we thought. We all face stuff, go through stuff that we didn't intend for it to happen that way. We, we, all, we all face, you know, situations that were like, uh, God, I need help. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see this. This took the wind out of me. It, it's trying to take my sails. It's trying to, trying to knock my feet out from under me. I, I, I don't know what to do. But here's the, here's the thing. This tells me that I'm blessed. Sometimes I go back and I just read these three verses because I, I, you know, in your life, you know, you're standing on the word, you're trusting God. And out of left field came this thing. What do you do? You stand, you trust God, you speak the word. You know that he's going to take care of that thing. You begin to draw on the blessing. 
begin to pull down the blessing of God. Begin to draw on his goodness. Begin to draw on his anointing in your life. Begin to draw on his wisdom. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That in your life, you are trusting the word of God. You're trusting what we talked about two weeks ago in a Wednesday night service when we talked about writing the vision. What God is speaking to you and putting in your heart. That is more real to me than what I go through today. That I am standing on that. I'm not standing on the wisdom of the ungodly. I am walking in righteousness. I am standing in his law. I am meditating in it day and night. And it says, if you're this person, you can trust, call down, and believe that. See, not just know that this is possible for somebody else. You can believe that and know that this is for you, for your life, and where you are. It says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. If the devil stole something from you last week, you claim that back. He has to restore to you. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's got to restore. He can't steal from you. You're a believer. You're a child of God. He has to repay that into your life. It says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give into your bosom? That everywhere you go, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You are divinely and supremely favored because you are blessed by God. That everywhere you go, you get the best deal. Everywhere that you go, you have what it takes to make it. Whether it's wisdom, whether it's knowledge, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whatever it is, in your hand is what you need for today. Pastor Stanley came in August and his message was, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? What you have in your hand today is enough to meet your need for today. Don't worry about tomorrow, it says in in Matthew chapter 6. Tomorrow is sufficient for its own issues and troubles. Now, stand up and say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Blessed. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.